Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to the Man on the Post Weekend Review Show. My name's Chris, and joining me as ever, it's Dave. Hello, hello. How are you, Dave? Doing oh, good? very good, thank you. Yes, are you? Uh, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Another full weekend of Premier League action uh, had for us, uh, including four games on a Sunday. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday night to peek behind the curtain, because yesterday was so exciting with football. Well, for one of us it was. Um <laughs> But before we get on to Sunday's excitement, let's go through the Saturday games. So, oh, th- this is the best. Uh, the early game on Saturday was the mighty Brighton and Hove Albion taking on Tottenham Hotspur, who conceded seven goals to a rampant Bayern Munich team in midweek. And they carried on that record by conceding three to what looked like a rampant Brighton side. They were rampant, weren't they? Yeah, Brighton. I say we, we've mentioned a few times how Brighton have, have looked a more attacking outfit uh, this season, and then they seem to go backwards a little bit. You know, they they hadn't really had a, a good run of form, but yeah, they were all they absolutely ran Spurs ragged. Uh, not helped by Hugo Lloris doing the most Hugo Lloris thing in the world after 90 seconds uh, by dropping across right in front of Neil Mope. Uh, but then, unfortunately, he did dislocate his elbow landing after his. Uh, howler. I saw people saying that you can't really call it a howler when he dislocated his elbow. Well, no, he's still fucked up. It's just after he fucked up, he fell over. Yeah, I mean, if he just tipped us over the bar, he probably wouldn't have landed on his elbow. Uh-huh. But, you know, that's hindsight for you. But, uh, no, he'd made the mistake already before the injury. Yeah. Um, do you think, you know, when someone invented the phrase, it never rains, but it pours, do you think it was based around the last five days of Tottenham Hotspur's existence? Oh, I, I don't know. Like, do you, <laughs> Interestingly, like they've lost... The most games in the Premier League in 2019. Well, and that's with Solskjaer's Man United around as well. Yeah, you know, and that's that. You know, that's with like teams like Brighton who were appalling towards the back end of last season. Um, you know, does that does that include Huddersfield as well? Yeah, they oh. they they have lost se- se- 17 games in the Premier League in 2019, which is uh, I think it's also the same amount of games as they've not lost. So I think they've lost 50 or something. It's, it matches up with something else. Uh, I was too busy laughing to write down the stats. Um, but yeah, they, they've, they've, finger, they've lost seven, 17 games since the turn of the year, which considering this is a team that was, you know, they are the second best team in Europe, as they were telling everybody. You know, they even released a fucking DVD to tell you about it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a appalling form. You know, they finished in the top four last season as well, which again goes to show just how bad that running for the fourth place was last year. It was, but I mean, they, they were awful. Here. I mean, obviously, it doesn't help going behind after ninety seconds, but they just—they never really had a spell of pressure. Maybe slight one after half time, but Brain looked looked excellent in, in comparison. Yeah, um, could have had a lot more goals as well. And I think from Brighton's point of view, they'll feel a bit justified because they they played us off the park a few weeks ago and got a single point for it, but they got 
full deserve, full rewards here for uh, a thoroughly good performance. Yeah, definitely. So they played played really well. So they could have had, could have had a few goals. Uh, I've also seen Spurs fans saying that if Loris hadn't been injured, they'd have probably not lost the game. Uh, they fucking would have. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not it's not like you know Gazaniga came on and he he made a reasonable stop I think for the second goal, which obviously the rebound went in. Um, he had no chance for the third goal. The rest of the team didn't perform at all, really. From from pretty much back to front, there was no one had a good day. I would have said. Yeah, so uh, Pochettino's selection policy seemed a bit strange in this one. Uh, Musa Sissoko came in at right back. Uh, I know they've, I think, already suspended uh, Walker Peters. He's, I'm guessing he must be injured or something. Well, who knows? I mean, even against uh, yourselves in the North London derby, he played Sanchez at right back. Mm, I say he, he, he's he's done some weird things with his, with his fullbacks, you know, especially after letting Kieran Trippier go. Well, let me pose a question to you. If you just lost 7-2 mm-hmm. and you're Mauricio Pochettino and you're looking at your selection for Saturday, how many people would have to die before you select <laughs> Eric Dyer in centre midfield? That's the thing. Eric Dyer can play right back. <laughs> Sissoko's <laughs> a central midfielder. Because <laughs> Dyer was abysmal. I yeah, think he, hasn't, he hasn't had any minutes. So don't get me wrong, I, I like Eric Dyer. He's a decent player, but he's not getting any minutes and he's a sort of player who can't come into the team and play one week not play the next no and at half time when you're 2-0 down what do you do Harry Winks mm. <laughs> yeah. will that help yeah Harry Winks you know um, I know Lucas Moura came on towards the end and looked their most lively player I think he had every decent attempt that Spurs had I mean he well. must be the most unluckiest man in football like he pretty much single-handedly dragged Spurs to that, that final last season yeah yeah basically and now, and now he's like fourth choice to even getting on the pitch yeah. so well you know we'll bring you on if, if, if Harry Winks doesn't sort it out yes, it's, what a state yeah Spurs, Spurs was so bad I, I'm not sure where that where they go from here either um, you know they're not massively out of the top four because obviously over the, the way the league has been so in the, the first eight weeks uh, and stuff like that but yeah uh, so another stat I've got here Spurs uh, the last 20 away games Spurs have lost 12 of them that's wow. that's awful for a team in the top four. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Man United later on. Their record is something similar, and people, are, you know, are, are, are up in arms about them. And like Man United are two points off the relegation zone at the moment. You know, I think Spurs are like mid table at the moment. It is. Spurs are only two points up the road from Man United. Mm-hmm. It's it is absolute madness. But the talk that Pochettino won't leave. I don't think they'd sack him. Um, yeah. But if things do happen up the road in Manchester, do they come calling? And does uh, he think, go? I think it's inevitable at some point they'll be back in from because it's obviously not working out with uh, Ollie, he knows the club, Solskjaer. <laughs> um, I think if, if, he, if an opportunity comes along, I think Pochettino should get out whilst he can. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous for him not to. Because that dressing room seems uh, divided. I don't know if you've, have you seen the, the rumour that's going around? Or? No, no. Um, something to do with Vertonghen slept with Ericsson's wife. Okay. And then Harry Kane lamped Vertonghen, and that's why Vertonghen had a black eye. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you believe in any of this nonsense or how anyone would know. These sort of things happen at football clubs. I remember an interesting story at Wolves um, when I was living in Wolverhampton as a teenager. I'm not sure I can say it on air, though, just in case it's not true. But there was a, a certain Wolves... Um, long-haired, quite well-known defender 
who uh, had a habit of uh, sleeping with players' uh, girlfriends and then even girlfriends of quite well-known hard men types in the city. And then he was promptly transfer listed and sold very quickly. Well, there you go. So, uh, so horrible things happen. I think we didn't think we could top uh, the history of Molyneux the other week, but we just have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all, the, all these horrible wolves, uh, stories from my youth. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It would either. Yeah, it says Vertonghen had the black eye a few weeks ago. He's been in and out of the team at random times. Mm-hmm. So something like that would make a lot of sense. Uh, the only thing I can I, I can say for Spurs though is. There's a lot of blame being put on this situation because they've got players out of contract, which I find hard to believe because if I'm in the last year of my contract and I'm potentially got a, a lucrative Bosman uh, move coming up in the future, you'd think you'd be playing out your skin, really. Uh, you know, because if you playing well for your current club doesn't automatically get you a new contract and tie you to the club, you can say, nah, I'm all right, and get yourself a good deal elsewhere. But what happens at the end of the season when... I think about four of their starting eleven could could walk away from the club. Well, so you absolutely wouldn't buy Christian Eriksen on the, uh, the state of Saturday's performance because he was abysmal, really. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're right. I mean, really, back in back in the good old days, you see, it used to be if you're in the last year of your contract, that was your time to to roll your sleeves up and make sure you got a new deal. But uh, everyone has an agent now who's going to get them a, a move somewhere or other. Yeah. Unfortunately. There's not enough pressure on these players anymore. It's madness. Like I've said multiple times that I believe Spurs have got probably one of the best squads in the in the league at times, but it doesn't look like it right now. And you know, Pochettino isn't a terrible manager. He's done really good things, but the, the, something isn't right. And I, yeah, I imagine the first time anyone comes calling for him, he's gone. He he, he he'll be like, see you later. Yeah, I mean, this from from his point of view, after the national bit, they've got Watford at home. Um, who, who will come on to I'm sure but they look uh, poor at best so oh, let's say Spurs, I, imagine, I, can, I can see that being a Super Sunday game well it's a tie business <laughs> but let's assume Spurs win that comfortably they'll be in and around the top four again and yeah. you know everyone of us what the fuss is about but uh, you can't concede 10 goals in a week and not come under a bit of scrutiny when you're a club the size of Tottenham yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's madness. Uh, not taking anything away from Brighton, like I say, Brighton was superb. Uh, Aaron Connolly, uh, must be the unluckiest man in football, had an absolutely fantastic Premier League debut. Uh, was the first teenager to score this season. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, he was slightly overshadowed 24 hours later. Uh, but yeah, scored a, a Premier League double on, the, on, the, on his Premier League debut. Uh and he's their, he's, their, he's their youngest ever scorer for Brighton because they play people like Glenn Murray usually. <laughs> uh, he could have been 25 and probably been their youngest ever scorer. Um, and he's the first teenager to score a brace in the Premier League since uh, it, everyone's favourite, Kelichi Inanacho, back in 2016. Wow. Um, I was impressed with uh, Connolly when he came on against us a few weeks ago um, yeah. and he had that shot hacked off the line just by, uh, by Cher. Um, but the the composure he showed in that finish, I thought, Christ, for a young lad, that's you know, quite a quite a finesse finish. Um, yeah, he's he very at, good. He's looking at the score, so he took two very different goals on on Saturday very well, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's immediately become Ireland's best striker. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dave McGoldrick just cursing his luck after having a brief spell as uh, as Ireland's best striker, but uh, no, he he looks really good, and mm-hmm. uh, you have to say if Brighton can pull a few more results like that together, the appointment of, of Graham Potter is going to look better and better by the week because 
I mean, I think me and you both raised up a few eyebrows when they when they sold uh, Andone and um, a couple of the lads whose name escapes us. A couple of the forward sort of yeah. fringe players, and we thought, Christ, they're leaving themselves a bit thin here. Um, if it's making way for the likes of Conley and uh, and Alzato, whatever you've called, um, it looks like a very good decision. Yeah, I say, and it, it must be weird for uh, for Connolly because he's now joined the uh, Dwight McNeil club of of being a player that shouldn't be playing for the team he is. Basically, <laughs> he 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 just look, stands out a mile. But but yeah, I say in this new new attack in Brighton, you know, two goals again, you know, against a big side like Spurs. Yes, a side bereft of confidence and 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 playing terribly, but he'll do it doing the world. I'm going to say he took his second goal exceptionally well as well. Um, so yeah, be interesting to see. Uh, talking of Champions League finalists not playing very well, uh, the f- three o'clock's on Saturday. Then it was Liverpool uh, hosting Leicester in the Brendan Rodgers derby. Or if you were a Sky TV subscriber, the only game taking place on Saturday. They've been building up to this game for two fucking weeks, and they're doing the same now with Liverpool versus Man United. They were talking about Liverpool versus Man United. During the Newcastle game yesterday, you notice <laughs> the game's not for two weeks. I know. And did you see it's the only game on that Sunday when when it comes back after the national break? So they're giving it ninety minutes worth of build up. Yeah, Liverpool versus Man United hasn't been a big game in about five seasons. I mean, it's going to finish nil nil. Like, like, we all know it's going to finish nil nil. Yeah, but yeah, yeah the, the, the media's love affair with fucking all things Liverpool at the moment is ridiculous I'm expecting Sky Sports to change their tune to something from the Beatles uh, the way they're going <laughs> at the moment uh, but Liverpool did make it 17 wins in the row and 43 games unbeaten at Anfield uh, if they beat Man United in two weeks time uh, they'll, they'll I think they beat the record then of, of 18 I think the record yes that's right yeah, yeah you're right um, I say uh Sadio Mane made his 100th Premier League appearance at Liverpool, scored his 50th goal for them. That's quite a record. Oh, I saw that and thought that's one in two is remarkable for anyone. But yeah. you know, for Mane, who doesn't play as an out-and-out centre-forward, mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculously good. Yeah, and plays um, in a team with a teammate that doesn't like to pass to him. <laughs> well, I noticed they had a couple of uh, one-twos and things on, on Saturday, so maybe they've, maybe they've buried that hatchet. Maybe, but Salah did have several chances during the game to kill this game off and fluff the lot of them. Yeah, he's not in the best form, and then he got Hamza Chowdhury for good for good measure. Mm-hmm. So he can join Matt Ritchie on the uh, on the people who've been crippled by Hamza Chowdhury's yeah. shelf. Klopp Along even that, that poor fucker from France in the under twenty ones in the summer who yeah. got his leg broken by him. So. Yeah, Kl- Klopp bought that up, didn't he? He bought up the Matt Ritchie challenge in his yeah. post match interview. I mean, actually, to be to be totally fair to Chowdhury, he catches him with like his thigh. So like, I don't really think you can say he went to do him because he. Uh... Oh, I don't know. I think he. I think he does go to do him. I think if you ever watch Hamza Chowdhury play, all he does is go to do him. <laughs> he, he, he's like. He's like. You know, most kids they watch football when they're young. They watch the gate like so. He, someone of his age, he'd have been looking like you, watching your Tiranis, your Vieiras, and stuff like that. He'd been like, that's the sort of player. He, I think he was showing videos of fucking Neil Chopper Harris. <laughs> and that like and like this is how you play football, son. This is how you play football in 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 the year two thousand and nineteen. You know what annoys me the most about him? His, his hair. Tiny, no, his tiny little mustache. <laughs> maybe that's why he's so fucking angry all the time. Cause he, it, well, maybe he shouldn't be allowed near a football pitch. I don't. I don't think he's a particularly good footballer, and all he does is make terrible tackles. If he was a striker. Or he played like Paul Scholes, I'd let him off with it. But he's yeah. a defensive midfielder. It is pretty much fifty percent of the job is to is to tackle, possibly fairly. But uh, he's, he's he's put three people on the shelf already, and he's 
I don't even think he's 21 yet. Like, some going. Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. He does, he does seem like he's got that arrogance about him as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I hope uh, someone kicks him up the arse at some point. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so anyway. su- I'm surprised Rogers hasn't pulled him aside, to be fair, but Leicester are winning games, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. You wouldn't... Uh, you wouldn't take it out of him as yeah. well. I mean, he he's getting away with it as well, which is the worst. That's thing. the thing. Yeah, I imagine the minute he gets a few red cards, he'll learn his lesson. But while he's not being punished for that, he's gonna think it's okay. You know, they they say, oh, you know, like the one you, you said with with Salah, he didn't, he, he you know, he he didn't hurt, he he didn't, he didn't go down to kill him, uh, to kill him, to to, <laughs> to, to, to take him out of the game because he only caught him with his five. But I'm so like the Richie one was bad. The the one in the Euros was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, the it's intent and intent is part of the law now. So you know, yeah, he he should be banned, but he's not going to be because. I don't know. He's a young English player. You'll, you'll probably get away with it for a few more weeks. You know, we'll see what happens. Oh. Sunday league football next weekend. Someone would plant one on him and put him out for the season. But you know, I only said unfortunately we have professionals in the league. But... <laughs> yeah, damn, damn those professionals. Uh, yeah. what, what, we're ta- what we're talking about? Oh yeah, Liverpool. Right. Yeah, 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 Liverpool. <laughs> uh, there were some interesting choices for Liverpool. Uh, you got a feel for Joe Gomez, didn't you? Like. Oh yeah, to lose out to Lovren. Yeah, is, uh, absolutely I mean, ridiculous. He's he's in and out of the team so much. Uh, apparently, he's told his agent he's unhappy with the situation. Oh good, um, that'll help. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, does he angle for a move? I imagine there'd be quite a few takers for him. I can only imagine that because they considered three to Salzburg on on Wednesday night. Klopp probably thought, you know, that's probably maybe not a good idea to play him. But then, when you look at the look across your bench and Dijon Lovren is your next in line, you know, oh, it's, it's, it begs the question, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan, and I'm taking the Mickey out of defensive selections. You know, that, that's saying you know it's pretty bad. I, I like Gomez, but he's, he's young; he's coming back from a serious injury. You give him a run of game, surely, and especially when you've got someone like Van Dijk playing alongside him. He's going to learn so much, and yeah. he's got, he, he can afford to make. I thought this is why you can afford to play someone like Lovren because Van Dijk is there cleaning up for him. And stuff like that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the penalty? Uh, I thought it was a dive, personally. Yeah, it's a no, it's awkward because he, he gets kicked. There is there, is there is contact. But then he he stays on his feet for a couple of steps and then goes over. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that he's being kicked on the box just because he hasn't gone down. Isn't a pen- it? Doesn't mean it's not a penalty, but yeah. it's also a contact sport. And if he starts. Going down that line for everything, then it's, uh, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I played football last Sunday, and this, I've got to talk about it because it drove me mental. So, like, I played. Like, I'm a big lad, and like a big lad is in who ate all the pies. A big lad, not like as mm. in Brock Lesnar, a big lad. Um, and one of the lads, literally, I was going for the ball, literally just shoved me in the back, just both hands flat on my back, shoved me in the back. So I turned around, I was like, well, what the hell are you doing, and whatever. And they were like, oh, come on, you're a big lad, you can take it. And I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that's not how the fucking rules of football work. <laughs> just because I'm bigger than you doesn't mean you can just shove me out the way. And yeah, I didn't get a foul for it. It was absolutely fucking ridiculous. But yeah, um, so, I don't know. I, I, I thought VAR this weekend hasn't done itself any favours in, in terms of penalty decisions as well. And I don't think it has done all season, because I don't think they've overturned any. No, and the only one that I think the only... I'm sure this is the, the only one that actually overturned was uh, when Fabianski saved Aguero's pen and they made him take it again. Oh, cause, shit, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Declan Rice was in the box. So 
literally of all these bad fouls things, the one thing that's penalised is Declan Rice encroaching. That's the thing, and I, I think <laughs> I think if this penalty hadn't been given, I don't think VAR would have given it either. I oh, think they well. would have just rolled with the decision like they did. Well, since what they, as you say, since what they do as a sta- as a standard now, they yeah. do, they haven't uh, they don't seem at pains to overturn anything, um, which is commendable in a way, but. Um, it's also fucking stupid in many more ways. So, yeah, I mean, there's one, in, there's one in the Arsenal game which we'll come on to yeah. shortly. Um, how that wasn't overturned, I've no idea. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. But so James Milner st- uh, stepped up in the 93rd minute uh, to take the penalty to slot it away to give Liverpool a- another fortunate win. I thought Leicester were all right. You know, James Madison came back into the team, scored, uh, and, and and did really really well. Yeah, I think. Um, Leicester finished strongly, but they were pretty average for, mm-hmm. for an hour or so. Um, and as you say, Sal had a couple of chances to, yeah, to finish the they, game. They should have put the game well away. Um, Madison, even Madison's goal, he was fortunate. Old Chris Packard hands Adrian let it through. <laughs> so um, I imagine Allison will be back in after the international breaks by the sound yeah, of it. They so. practically already confirmed he'll play against Man United. <laughs> but to be fair, I reckon Jordan Henderson could have a go against, in goal against Man United. It was interesting that Henderson didn't play this game as well. Things with him, like I think the no is, is is times up. Like he's he's never been brilliant, but like his legs seem to have gone quicker than any other professional footballer <laughs> who's ever been around. Like it's because he runs funny, that didn't he? Alex Ferguson p- picked him up. Uh, well, in, in, in many ways, Ferguson finished his career early. Like he's just like <laughs> this this boy can't run, and now everyone's looking for him. And like, yeah, you're right, you're right, he can't run. Um, I mean, but then again, can Milner run? So, well, yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. I mean, centre midfield for Liverpool is how on earth that midfield is 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 one eight out of eight and is top of the league. I, I just don't know. Yeah, eight points clear as well. A lot of people saying that the title is already theirs. I can't wait to watch some spectacularly fuck it up. I'd, I wouldn't go as far as say the title's already theirs. No, I wouldn't. Not after eight games, that's an absolutely ridiculous thing I to mean, say. I mean, I think I think they were eight points ahead after twenty-eight games last year, <laughs> were they not? And, yeah, and, and they the all thing. went downhill. So. They, they've been in this position before, so I, yeah, I think it's. Uh, in fact, there's not many. I haven't heard many Liverpool fans saying this uh, and stuff like that because uh, they had the best season ever last year and and didn't win anything. Like, well, no. not one night in the Premier League anyway. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's looking good for them at the moment. I said they're not playing well. I think everyone will admit they're not playing well, and they're getting results, and and that is what wins your titles. So, we'll see. It is, but, uh, I mean, historically, that's what wins your titles in February, March kind of time when the pressure's on. Mm. Um, obviously, it's nothing to say it won't win the titles now, but uh, there's an awful long way to go. That's the thing. We'll, we won't be laughing when Jordan Henderson is running to lift that Premier League title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> on to teams not playing very well. Uh, Norwich hosted a fellow uh, promotion, uh, well, I forgot, fellow newly promoted side, Aston Villa. Uh, um, and Villa promptly got their first away win in 21 Premier League games, coming away 5-1 winners. Um, probably should have had a few more, considering Wesley missed a first-half penalty uh, to, to seal his hat-trick. Um, great game, this, to be fair. Yeah, and... I mean, let's be, let's be fair. Norwich have got a lot of injuries, and yep. this this has been coming for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we said ever since beating Man City. I think we said the other week beating Man City might actually be the worst thing that's ever happened to them because now that's like that's as good as it might ever get. And yeah. you have to go somewhere to you know to have a better a better performance and a better day than that. Um, and then you play home to Aston Villa, who let's be fair, on reputation at the moment, probably one of the smaller sides in the league. Um, and they've absolutely been brushed aside. Yeah. And to be fair, Villa were were good. They were worth the mm-hmm. worth the big win. 
Um, from Norwich's point of view, it's, it's a pretty alarming result. Yeah, Connor Hurahan uh, has now scored in all four divisions in England. These were his first Premier League games, and five of his goals have come against Norwich. He seems to like scoring against them. I actually got him confused with um, what's his name, Wes Hulahan. Oh, Wes Hulahan, who went to Villa at one point. At one point, Uh, and I was thinking, oh, he scored against his former club, and then I realised that's not the same person, is it? Uh, But yeah, yeah. Norwich definitely still suffering with their injury crisis, but aside, they beat Man City with, with practically this team, minus Tim Krull. Ah, uh, but this has got Michael McGovern in the team, who saved a pen and also conceded five. <laughs> 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 the thing is, saved the penalty, and everyone was celebrating like mental. I was like, you 2-0 down! <laughs> it's, it, I mean, they, are, they have got a championship defence, unfortunately for them. Yeah. Um, and it looks like the old Pookie parties hit a, hit the buffers quite early on. Yeah, he got subbed off in this game as well, didn't he? Uh, Dermich oh, came did he? on. Yeah, he he got subbed off. Dermich came on, and Dermich scored the consolation. Uh, I think Tyron Mings just felt sorry for him. It was so, a terrible header, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, did, you, did you see the handball for Mings as well? I didn't. No. There was like the handball. I think it it was probably deemed as accidental, which is why it wasn't given. Like the ball bounces up and and hits Mings on 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 the hand. Um, but you could have argued. I think you could have argued the way. Like it wasn't a natural movement or a natural oh, position right. of the ball. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't given. Uh, but I do think uh, Aston Villa will be uh, inviting Wills and Kate to every game now because <laughs> they they were at Carrow Road to watch this game and and obviously gave them a better look. Um, but yeah, and uh, is it Douglas Louise for Villa scored another yeah. cracker? It's his second goal, I believe, and and both have been very similar. Did they, did they buy him outright from Man City? Or yeah, is he, oh, uh, yeah, 15 yeah. mil. Uh, Man City wanted rid of him because his contract was coming up, I believe, and he wasn't guaranteed a work permit. Oh, Villa right. had to appeal his work permit decision. He wanted to move cause, as well because he was on the verge of breaking into the Brazilian squad, I believe. Uh, but he's always been held in high regard. But, yeah, if he if he hadn't have left Man City, they'd have lost him for nothing anyway at some point because he... he you, obviously, your work permit needs to be re- renewed when you get a new contract. So, uh, so if he'd have gone to get a new contract at Man City, he wouldn't have been given a work permit because they couldn't appeal and say, well, we're going to play him because they hadn't played him for years. Uh, you know what I mean? Which, Whereas yeah. Villa can sign him and, and when they appeal it, they can be like, well, he's going to be one of our best players. Look at our squad. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but Fair yeah, enough. You know, he's coming. He's, he's played fairly well when he scored. But yeah, yeah, 15 mil. It looks an absolute bargain. He's only like, I think he's only like 21. As well. well, fair play. Uh, on to the rest of the three o'clock scene. Oh, it's all downhill from here. Uh, Burnley took on Everton at Turf Moor. Uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Oh, everyone's making a big deal because he scored four goals in like three games, but t- weren't two of them against what Sheffield Wednesday? They know, were, yes. something like that. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Burnley came away one uh, 0 winner. That's thanks to Hendrick's late goal. Uh, the only thing of note I've really got here yeah, is all about Seamus Coleman. So he got sent off for two yellows. Um, probably could be a bit unlucky for the second one. It was, but when you're on a second yellow card, you get, you're gonna when you're on two. You're, when you're when you're on a yellow card, rather. It's always the second yellow card that's like the the contentious one, I suppose. Uh, one thing I did like though, after his first yellow card, uh, he took out Peters, didn't he? Yeah. And he, he was overly concerned, obviously, as someone who's suffered a horrendous uh, injury in the past. But you know, Peters will be out hatcheting people next weekend. Don't worry about it. Well, uh, Peters went off. He went off injured at the end, didn't he? Yeah, so, they took uh, him off shortly after, but he, he seemed uh, all, well. It say he seemed all right. He, he wasn't seriously hurt. Uh, and stuff like that, but it's four defeats in a row now for Everton, who started quite well. 
Yeah, now they're in the bottom three, and Silva's uh, evens to be the, the next Premier League manager to go. Um, I'll come on that in a minute. Um, the Burnley goal, um, Hendrick from a corner. Have you mm-hmm. seen this? Yeah. I can't remember it, though. So, just a deep corner, back stick. Hendrick comes around the back and hits like a side volley in the, into the pretty much from an angle into the corner of the goal. Okay. Um, the lads on Soccer Saturday, I can't remember which one did it now, but um, we're complaining that every week Silva does zonal marking. Okay, yeah, makes sense. And pretty much, and pretty much every week they get they get done for it. Yeah, they've been done uh, by set pieces. I think they've got a terrible record for set pieces. Yeah, and they're saying, well, why don't you just change it? And I thought, well, you've played football at a much higher level than I have. Presumably, you worked during the week on how you're going to defend set pieces. How easy would it be to just say, right, we're switching from zonal to to man marking? Because then everyone's going, well, who's getting who? I would have thought that would be more chaotic trying to switch it mid game. You'd think so, but you'd think like obviously from from when I played, it wasn't at a particularly high level. It was only youth football, and it you know you're only allowed to train so many times. Um, but nowadays, obviously, teams have defensive coaches, uh, so that defenders and like players will be broken up into different areas and stuff like. That. But you would think that they would train on man-to-man marking and zonal marking, if you know what I mean, and stuff like that. And you'd think as players, you can players sometimes you see them they'll make decisions themselves on the pitch. Like, mm. if you're playing Sunday League football, for example, you're not getting... When you're playing Sunday League football, your manager's not going, right, at this corner, you mark him, you mark him. It's like, basically, Sunday League football is you're playing here, unless you're playing... It might be different now, but it, it's you're playing here, you're playing there, corner comes in, find a man. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that, or you mark this zone, because, obviously, if, if some Sunday League manager somewhere has seen Pep Guardiola talking about zone or marking, so then he put some, <laughs> put, might put some cones out on a Thursday night for his lads. Um but you would think maybe it'd be better if I stand and watch him and stuff like that. So why the players aren't doing it? Because it's well known that players don't always stick to what the manager says. And they say, if it's not working, surely you've got like your likes of, um, you know, Yerry Mina, uh, you know, Michael Keane, you know, established internationals. Go to the manager and be like, look, Gaffer, this isn't working. We can. Do- why aren't we doing this instead? And a, a decent manager would be, okay, lads. It obviously isn't working because there's evidence to back it up, you know. If Danny Murphy can fucking see it on Match of the Day or whatever, or, or whoever's watching it on Soccer Saturday, sh- surely the manager must realise it's a thing as well. Well, you'd think, but I think some of them are so stubborn they just want to... Uh, it's their way or no way, basically. Yeah, well, that, that's, that could be the, the only explanation, really. Unless he's thinking, you know, if we keep playing like this, I might be able to get Kurt Zuma back. Uh, <laughs> How um how worried are you about Everton? Like not like you know, I don't mean seriously worried, but like how do you think they're going to go down? Or I don't. I don't you'd like to think not. Yeah, I know it's the whole they're too good to to go down. I do like Everton. You know that they've got a great squad. And, but yeah, I don't know. It seems to me the better players they buy, the worse they get. Yeah, it's bizarre. The, like the, for years they had an ordinary squad, and and like in the eighties and the nineties, and they competed and they won trophies and and stuff like that. And then suddenly, in the last say ten years, they've had a lot of money invested. Like they're spending hundreds of million pounds every year now, and they they are literally deteriorating. I had um, a little peek at the uh, the old Everton forums because I'm a glutton for punishment oh sometimes. Dear, um, would I like to guess who's getting the majority of the stick from the players? From the, from which which are the players? Yeah, which which player do you think is like the the man who they all want out? Oh, I can't 
can't fix. So if Silver's not playing, so it's not going to be him. Walcott's injured, so it's not going to be him. It's not going to be Dominic Calvert Lewin because he's one of their own. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be like Richarlison or somebody, isn't it? No, it's Gilfie Sigurdsson. What? No, I don't think they've ever really taken to him, though, have they? But he's one of their better players, surely. Well, I'd have thought so, but uh, apparently he doesn't create anywhere near enough chances, and is a waste in the number ten rule. Oh, but, but I was thinking about this. If though, you're and... Gilfie Sigurdsson, though, right, and you've got Dominic Calvert Lewin in front of you, you're just thinking, I might as well just hoof the ball out for a goal kick now, because that's uh, where it's going. True enough. But I was thinking about this when he was at Swansea, which is probably his, his Premier League peak. Um, he uh, he played from the left a lot, didn't he? Like it's a sort of like a a, a Roman left-sided player who could just cut in and shoot at will. Well, he's he's, he's at his best when he's their focal point, isn't he? Yeah, well, they're shooting at will. He's he's not the sort of player who's going to play in the little intricate ball for Dominic Calvert-Lewin to fall over on in front of in the box, you know. So, well, yeah, just what it looked like. He's well. There's obviously a lot wrong with Everton at the minute because uh, they aren't winning any football matches, and they've played what eight now and seven have been against not top six clubs. I think. Yeah, from memory. yeah. They they haven't they haven't really played any of the big boys. Yeah, just Man City, and yeah. that was a few weeks ago. But uh, so yeah. It, um, it it's quite comparable to the season they got rid of Koeman. Mm. It, it, it's it's weird because say they've they've got good players there, but it's like silver and other managers are doing this at the moment. They're just blatantly refusing to pick players. Like I know, so Kian, we spoke about it. He's he's in and out of the team. He he's gonna need a run. He's only a young player. And then say, oh, you've got to give your signings time. But I'm sorry, with strikers and stuff like that, because of the way they play. Give them time, yes, but give them time in the team. Him sitting on the bench watching Dominic Calvert-Lewin play like a fucking idiot every weekend isn't going to do his confidence any good. Like, <laughs> oh, he's been shit for 18 minutes. Get on there for 10 minutes and see what you can do. That's not going to help him. Give him 90 minutes. You know, even in the cup, Calvert-Lewin had played in the league and they still played him in the cup. Play Kian in the cup. Give him some minutes. Yeah, that's probably a fair shout. You know, fair enough. He might turn out to be a massive flop, but if you've given him four games in a row and he's playing terribly, you know, or at least you can see he's not getting the service or something. But if he's not playing, he's he's not going to do anything. You know, we sat here at the beginning of the season and said he was the signing of the season. You know, and that it's not like it's not like we're sticking him in Burnley or Watford's team where there's <laughs> no creativity. They've got one of the best midfields in the league. Creativity wise, they've got so many playmakers in that team. A good striker should be smashing goals in every week. But they're not. Yeah, but they're not because they play Dominic Calvert Lewin. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's just part of the problem, isn't it? But I mean, they've got uh, West Ham at home um, the week after the national break, which is uh, two teams who seem to fall over themselves to to lose a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. they both get up a run of form and then they play someone who they should beat, like West Ham did with Palace, which we'll come on to in a moment. But uh, I don't know how much longer Marco Silva's got to be yeah, honest. Yeah, like the fans aren't keen, are they? The, the, I, I don't think they've ever really taken to him anyway. Um, but yeah, if you can't make that team work... like if, if if we were playing... I know it's not really, really whatever, but if we were playing football manager right now and you had that team... You'd probably expect to do all right. Well, especially with you know Man United falling apart and Spurs falling apart, uh, Everton should be one of the teams who are really you know trying to force the win. Yeah. That top four, five, six. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd that, say I'd it, say Everton's squad is better than Man United's current team. 
Yeah, I'd go along with that. Comfortably. And yet they're 18th. Yeah, madness. Hmm, not good. Yeah, so yeah, it's silver. A a lot of people have said he's a fraud. I I quite like him, I think he's done good things. But when when you're at a team like Everton with that squad and you can't make it work... That there's something seriously wrong. It's because it, it's not like they've got one area. And we we spent forever talking about Everton on the show. It's it, <laughs> it's it's not like they've got. If you look at that team, could, apart from the striker, which we've we've said for a while, is there an area of that team where you you can see an obvious weakness, where they're missing something? Uh, not really. I mean, yeah. they're, they're maybe a centre half short of a squad player, but you know, Keane yeah. and Mina should be a, a more than adequate centre half yeah. pairing for you a know, Premier League club. As much as Pickford's a dickhead, he's a good, he's a decent goalkeeper. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Seamus Coleman, even though he's getting on a bit, cracking right back. Uh, Dine, okay, I've slated him a few times, but he, he was one of the best left backs towards the end of last season, and stuff like that. Midfield, what's uh, Silva? Is it? The guy from Barcelona who they last go, season. Uh, Andre Gomez. Andre Gomez, that's the one. Uh, you only got Richarlison, Bernard, Iwobi. I won't say Phil Walcott because I'm not ridiculous. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, Sigurdsson. Uh, who else they've got there? They've got you know they've, they've got the, a good creative midfielder. Uh, midfield. That, that, okay, they lost um, Gay in the summer, who was who was their um, their anchor midfield. But then they brought in that other lad, who uh, the African guy's name I can't remember. And Fabian Delft. Never yeah, Fabian, Fabian Delft. yeah, Fabian Delft, who somehow still gets in the England team, but he's a ball-winning midfielder. You know, yeah. win the ball, pay it to someone with more talent, off you go. Did him, well, did him well at Man City. Do you say he's a bald-winning midfielder? Or you say <laughs> well, yeah, he's a bald-ball-winning midfielder. Oh, right. Go, um, but go. yeah, they bought in, there was some African lad that they bought in. Who, who, the dudes. Yeah, he uh, played, played he, pretty well in the opening few games of the season. He got he got injured. Yeah. I can't remember his name. It, it, it's someone like... I'm not even going to pretend to know, but I, I know exactly what you mean. But that's it. Again, plays the cock, the, the, the cockling role, as I like to call it. Win the ball with a terrible tackle. Give it to someone with more talent. See you <laughs> later. But yeah, it, it, it is madness. Like, I think managers will be queuing up for that the Everton job if Silver does go, because someone with a little bit of tactical nose to them can turn that team around. It's not like you're going into a team that need that you're going to go and need to spend a hundred million. They'll give you a hundred million to spend if you want it. Well, Richard Keyes says Rafa Benitez would walk there, so there you go. Well, probably, to be fair. Well, that'd be horrible to watch, wouldn't it, Dave? <laughs> it, it would. I, I don't know how Liverpool would feel about that. Anyway, we'll not oh, worry God, about yeah, that. that'd be interesting. Right, come on, we're, we're avoiding the excitement of uh, Watford versus Sheffield United too much here. Uh, no. To be fair, we could we can claw back some of the time we've used spending on Everton by saying, yeah, this was a shit game. Uh, Sheffield United were unbeaten, are, are, are still unbeaten away in the Premier League, um, which, is, which is madness. Andre Gray is terrible. <laughs> Did you see his miss? Yes. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? Uh, Troy Deeney still drinking tea, apparently. Um, and uh, yeah, Watford still haven't won again this season. Uh, and Dean Anderson made a couple of decent saves. Um, uh, I mean, he is a good goalkeeper. But he's just young and a bit inexperienced, isn't he? Yeah. After his mistake the other week, but Sheffield uh, United have got a formula that seems to work for them somehow. Yeah, somehow, you know. And yeah, Watford has still been a- absolutely abysmal since taking points off us. Do you think um, Watford are doomed, or do you think this is just a blip? I'd like to think so. I, 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 it's, it's, it's way too early in the season, isn't it? You know, Norwich started well, and they seem to be combusting from the inside with all their injuries. I'm um, hopefully at some point Sheffield United will combust, uh, but I'll be honest. I, I'd like to see Watford go down. I don't consider them a Premier League team. 
They, uh, they... Well, I mean, you wouldn't miss them if they went, would you? Like, no, not at all. Yeah. They're, like, they're, they're like your Burnleys and stuff like your Brightons, your Burnleys. You know, they 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 don't offer they don't really don't really offer me anything. You know, they they're not a team that. You, uh, so so if Watford if Watford are on the telly, you're not going to go out your way to watch them play. No, because no. they they you know they've got some decent players. You know. uh, tell, you, tell you what, mark your card right now. Get your diary out. Friday the 8th of November. Oh, here we go. Bit of, bit, oh, I'm, on, fri- I'm, on, I'm on holiday from work that week. Here we bit go. Of fri- bit of Friday night football. Go on. Get the beers in. Fucking. Like Carroll Ca- Road. Oh, Norwich versus Watford. Fuck off, that's not on telly. <laughs> it is. Fucking hell. That'll be uh, the lowest viewing figures ever from a fucking uh, Premier League game. That is a quarter filler. To be fair, Norwich are a decent attacking team, I suppose. But what Watford aren't. They're, they're like a slightly... They are shit like a shit house FC, aren't they? Just like I, I don't, I don't like that kicking chunks out of people and you know Troy Deeney type thing, you know. But sorry, any Watford fans that listen. But um, yeah, you're not very good. Um, <laughs> the only game left from Saturday then was the game we hyped up as the big weekend game last weekend: West Ham versus Crystal Palace. So much so I didn't even bother watching this game when it was on telly. Um, I, I watched the second half, which, which is seemingly where all the action was anyway. So, uh, but yeah, Palace are fourth. Well, went well. They were fourth after winning this corner. I had two one winners. Um, I was surprised. I thought West Ham would absolutely smash them. Uh, it's mad that Palace were fourth on Saturday night, right? Considering they only scored eight goals in eight games. I know it's it, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's so weird. Like there'll be people in years to come who will study Roy Hodgson teams as a as a degree. And not be able to understand how how they do what they do. Like West Ham were, were one of the form teams, kind of in the league. Mm-hmm. All right, they weren't top of the league, but they were really turning a corner. Everyone thought. Yeah, they, they'd have been third if they'd have won. Yeah, with Haller and Anderson and Lanzini and Yarmolenko. Um, that's four players who are all in pretty decent form. Yeah, all missed decent chances. In this yeah, game as well. and obviously Haller gave them the lead, and you thought, oh, well, here we go, maybe West Ham. This is the new West Ham. And uh, and then, <laughs> like so, like no one understands how it happens, but like Palace just score goals out of nothing. Like they the, the scored. Well, to be fair, the first one they were gifted by. I'm not sure what Declan <sighs> Rice was doing. Was like, it, did did it, someone it, in the crowd ask a question and he nah, put his hand in the air? Like, it's like it's a long free kick in the box, which Kiate wins the header, and Declan Rice is doing the YMCA. No one knows why. Obviously, they score the pen. Even with even when Milivojevic isn't on the. I pitch, know. Yeah, he yeah. must have been fucking fuming. First game suspended. <laughs> Penalty. Shit. I'm like, surprised he didn't run to, on. Who do we get the ticket? Van Arnold. Yeah, who I was else? really surprised when he <laughs> who, stood. Who else would it be? <laughs> so that goes in. You think, well, great. Uh, and then they get another goal from a knockdown header from Martin Kelly, Roy's son, coming up, <laughs> up trumps, and it's like, ah, oh, it's offside. Oh, never mind. And then, ah, look, we'll, we'll VAR check it for 20 minutes or something, and it turns out he's onside. And Jordan I, who scores the winner, and gets subbed off for Christian Benteke, <laughs> who hasn't scored in 400 years. Yeah. And that team is in the European places. Yeah, it's, it's, it's madness, isn't it? I, I don't know how Palace fans feel about it, you know. Are they comfortable knowing that they're, you know, not already moaning about relegation? But, yeah, I, I was just amazed when I found out that, that, that say, these two goals with their 7th and 8th goals of the season after 8 games I know and I'm just like what, how are you fucking top 4 we've just, we've just taught Everton who must have spent a combined 50 million on their 2 centre backs 
and Palace have got freebie Gary Cahill and whatever Martin Kelly costs, which is probably not very much. Yeah. And the uh, and the uh, makes me sad sometimes. Yeah, it's mad. They're above Chelsea, who have scored more goals than like I think only uh, Man- Liverpool and Man City have scored more goals than Chelsea this season. And obviously Palace. I've, actually, I think Chelsea might have gone above them now. I haven't. On, on on goal difference, funnily enough. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, <laughs> fuck madness. Uh, Fabianski's out for three months, so Roberto continues in goal. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a blow for West Ham actually, because yeah. Fabianski makes a lot of saves, and I don't know anything about Roberto. But I'm guessing he's not as good. So, yeah, he's, he's yeah he's looked all right, but he's a wonder penalty. You can't do anything about it, and. Yeah, the second one's just one ah, of those yes. goals. And to see no, VAR so. continuing its trend of allowing goals for a change now um, is interesting. But Yeah, so, someone's changed where the lines are, like, having <laughs> on these offside decisions. But, uh, yeah. no, I suppose credit where it's due. Palace always find a way, even if they've got James McArthur in midfield. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense, Chris. I don't understand. No. Do you imagine this over the season, Palace finally go down, though? Because, like, they, well, they're doing it the wrong way around this season, aren't they? Usually they start terribly. They don't win for 20 games and <laughs> then survive relegation at the end. I feel like I say this every year, though. I feel this is going to be Palace's year to drop. And then uh, it's normally Zaha single-handedly dragging them up the, up mm. the pitch, but he, he's been very quiet all season. Yeah, yeah. They, say they haven't won all these penalties that we thought they were going to get. You know? No? Maybe that's what Declan Rice was doing. He was thinking, oh, he's, maybe he had a bet at the beginning of the season that Palace would win the most penalties in the league this year uh, after listening to our preview show and, and thought, fucking hell, I've got to do something here, lads. All they're going to do is oof <laughs> the ball into the box now. <laughs> fucking catch it. Yeah, well. Yeah. Well. Madness. Uh, on to Sunday's games then. Uh, we'll start with the biggest shock of the day. Arsenal kept a clean sheet uh, <laughs> against against Bournemouth in probably the most boring game of our season, uh, to be fair. Uh, David Luiz scored his first goal of the season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised this went in. It seemed to take an age after it hit his head yeah. to trickle into the side netting. Like Ramsdale seemed to dive in stages as well. I just really expect this game to be like... Both teams to score, maybe three one to Arsenal, or you know something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, it was very very dull. Yeah, it was. Um, but then decided the lineups didn't say much for, for us. Uh, so Saka kept his place uh, from last weekend. Obviously, it was a rotated side after the uh, Europa League game in midweek. Uh, Danny Sabayas was the only player from that uh, that team to keep his place. Uh, he he came in for Torreira, who. I don't know what the hell is going on there. He's in and out of the team so much. Uh, I suppose it could be worse. He could be Mesut Ozil, <laughs> who, who apparently seems to be banned from North London. Um, but yeah, Arsenal up to third after winning. Uh, Kieran Tierney, I, I, I kind of knew in midweek that he wasn't going to play uh, after Arsenal asked for him to not be included in the Scotland team yeah. uh, because they don't want him to play too many games in, in a short amount of time and stuff like that but I imagine uh, after the international break him and Bellerin will be raring to go I say Tierney played in the Europa League and was fantastic absolutely fantastic oh good um, but yeah uh, Arsenal probably should have had a penalty the Rico oh. and Pepe yeah so everyone look at this going well he played the ball yes he played the ball but then there's like a second movement where you know the ball rebounds beyond them both and Pepe's going to get onto it, and Rico just drags him over. Yeah, it's just it was it was WWE style, wasn't it? It was just like I'm just going to stand in front of you and pull you over yeah. my leg. Uh, but again, referee didn't give it, so VAR isn't going to. And I just uh, found that incredible, yeah. to be honest. But... I don't get it. How they've made some decisions so black and white, and then because of this obvious error thing that they that they hide behind, they yeah they they don't want to piss off their mates. 
Well, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. But uh, it just didn't seem right. I mean, that looked like a, the most blatant penalty to me, but yeah, who knows? Really, really strange. Um, the two other observations, one for one for Arsenal, one for Bournemouth, I have from this game, is that Arsenal are missing a number 10. Well, actually, we're not missing a number 10. It's we have one of the best number 10s in the world. It's just that manager refuses to play him. Um uh, I'm not sure what's going on with the Ursel situation. He's played one game for us this season and was pretty good in it. And and then can't get in. Ceballos probably could play the number 10 role, but doesn't. He plays more like an 8. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And stuff like that. But th- there's so many occasions. I actually saw somebody on Twitter uh, tweeting about it uh, as well. There's so many gaps in our play where a number a number 10 would, would, would enhance us, you know, but... I don't know what it is. There must be something, you know, Emery obviously sees something that he doesn't want in in so But the one thing that really infuriates me is Arsenal fans, for like two seasons now, have been demanding Mesut Ozil leave the club because he's lazy and whatever. He doesn't pull his weight when he's on the pitch. Suddenly, Emery, who Arsenal fans don't seem to like, <laughs> isn't picking him. And Emery should leave the, leave the club because Ozil is bigger than Emery and Ozil should be playing every game. What? How how does this work? You can't win, can you? You know how 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 does this work? You know, but amazingly, we, we, you know we're third in the league. We're keeping to. I think we're a point behind Man City uh, and stuff like that. If, if you'd have told any Arsenal fan a couple of weeks ago that eight games into the season we'd only be a point behind Man City, they'd have fucking ripped your hand off. No, that's it. I think you've got to take it. I think uh, you've played pretty well on the whole. Obviously, obviously yeah. you've had some shockers in there, like that Watford game, obviously. Mm-hmm was going so well and then it just wasn't um, but generally you haven't been terrible yeah as I say defensively we looked we looked all right it, it was a nervy game for us but as I say Bournemouth didn't offer that that much um, and say David Luiz did just does the things that Arsenal have been missing for years like he ball comes hoofs it clear don't play it out from the back hoof it uh, uh, it's, uh, it's the type of game you've dropped points in historically as well yeah. where you've led 1-0 for a long time and then the other team have come back and got a, a sucker punch goal towards the end, or mm-hmm. you know, sometimes worse than just the one. But, yeah, and to um, be fair, they, they, Bournemouth could have got a goal in this game because Socrates was awful. Callum Chambers was fantastic again, but when you're right back, he's covering for one of your centre backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Socrates. He was good for us last season. I thought him and Louise as this no nonsense partnership. Well, we can't say no nonsense when Louise is involved, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought they'd do a good job. But yeah, Socrates just—he seems to spend all day looking at David Louise's hair, just like drifting out <laughs> of the game. Like the, the amount of times he was out of position, uh, and so he's supposed to be our quickest defender as well, which is scary. Imagine well, that man running at you. Jesus. Mm, um, no but yeah, my only other observation uh, is that uh, Dominic Solanke, he doesn't want to shoot. The man does not like to shoot. There were so many occasions in this game where he received the ball like on the edge of the 18-yard box when you'd expect a striker, especially a striker who hasn't scored, to at least have a pop. Well, and he'd, bizarre, he'd, he'd, he'd lay it off. Every time he laid it off. And I'm thinking, okay, be a team player, be a link up man or whatever but you ain't scored for months mate just have a go hit the bar get the fans off the, off, off, you know off off their chair even Dominic Calvert-Lewin shoots <laughs> he's yeah. a barometer now yeah yeah, he, or he, he will be until he starts banging in 20 goals a season which he's probably capable of in the future um, on Football Manager um, but yeah yeah definitely that but so 
Yeah, you know, Arsenal to third. I was quite happy. Uh, okay, on to the other two o'clock games on a Sunday. I've seen there were three of them at two o'clock. Uh, interesting there. Uh, Manchester City, who uh, were unbeaten in what forty-five home games or something like that. Oh no, they couldn't have been because no, they'd only not scored once in forty-five Premier League games at home. In, until this weekend, uh, when Mighty Wolves came, uh, Troyore and all, and I'd, I've seen a few of the headlines say that Wolves stole a result here. I don't think they did. I think Wolves could have won this 5 now. Wolves had a lot of chances. Yeah, a lot him of it, early him chances. In particular, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be spells where Man City have got the ball, certainly around the box, but... I didn't seem like Man City made that many clear chances to me. No, not really. Uh, they had two decent ones that Aguero got in the way of. He did <laughs> yes. more defending than some Wolves defenders. Yeah, but in terms of just chances, it was fairly even, really. Um, so, sorry, in terms of clear-cut chances, should I say. Um, Adama Traoria, for a man who supposedly has no end product, two of the coolest finishes you'll ever yeah, see as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that second one in, the, what, the 95th minute... <laughs> absolutely fantastic uh, credit to Jimenez though involved set up both of the goals absolutely fantastic play for, especially for the first yeah I mean Otamendi what, what's he doing <laughs> I don't know I'm not quite sure I, I, did he go to take him out did he <laughs> did he just want to walk past him you know yeah absolutely I mean, frightening who the hell who the hell knows with him um, I think John Stones is about to be back after the national break. It wouldn't surprise us if it's Stones and Fernandinho going forward. So Otamendi has been absolutely diabolical. Mm-hmm. That's Fernandinho wasn't great, but yeah, Otamendi made quite a few errors, didn't he? Uh, I think he, uh, I think he was at fault when Cancelo went forward in like the yes. fourth minute and nearly scored. Uh, and then he gave the ball to Jimenez for him to have a go <laughs> um, and stuff like yeah. A, a better team than Wolves would have killed Man City off before half time. No disrespect to Wolves, I thought they played really, really, really well. Um, but yeah, the, the amount of one-on-ones they missed and stuff like that, and and it, I don't think I think bar one of them, it was it was uh, Fernandinho or somebody getting back to cover. Uh, it, oh yes, you know, I don't think yeah. So I don't think Edison made that many many saves. No, no, perhaps not. But uh, I, I don't think you could good Wolves the result. To be quite honest with yeah, you, yeah, that's the thing. I I, I know some people because this game wasn't on telly. Weirdly, um, most people would have assumed that Wolves just counter attacked their way in, and snatched a win. But no, I, I think they took it to Man City. Yes, their second goal was a counter attack uh, and whatever. But yeah, I, I thought that I thought they played really really well. Especially after they've been to Turkey on Thursday night as well. I don't think mm-hmm. many people give them much of a hope here, considering Man City had a bit of a, a canter against. Um, was it a grab on uh, Tuesday? Yeah, dynamite a grab, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So, no fair play, and uh, just shows Man City are uh, there to be got at. Yeah, so some interesting decisions from Man City. So, Benjamin Mendy, surprise, surprise, is injured again. Hmm. Uh, so, obviously, uh, Carl Walker comes back into the team, who, who apparently is unhappy with his lack of game time. And I read in uh, a, a comment from Pep Guardiola in the week, uh, coming into, leading into the weekend, that uh, if Cancelo keeps up his good form, Walker will find it difficult to get into the team. Um, so, Walker comes into the team at right-back. Cancelo plays at left-back, because apparently he can play at left-back. Um, and then Manchester City bring on a left-back in the second half. Who, who did they sub off? Carl yeah. Walker and switch Cancelo back to his natural position. You know, you got yeah. And what I say, Walker can play centre back. He's played there for England and done all right. Okay, it's part of a free mainly, but you know, it, is there something about him that you know 
Guardiola doesn't fancy all of a sudden? He hasn't been very good, I guess it's his main problem, but as I say, automatically he's, he's an English right back, of course, he hasn't been very good. No, no. Um, <laughs> but as I say, you can take your pick out of a number of Man City defenders who haven't really been up to much cop um, in recent weeks. It seems more and more like Laporte was holding the whole operation together, to be honest. Yeah, but... it's weird, isn't it? You know, when, you know, the fact that they're in the position where Otamende, a player they actively tried to get rid of, is their no, no, number one centre-back. Yes. <laughs> it's absolutely shocking. Um, but yeah, I say Wolves pulled off a, a tactical masterstroke in, uh, I say, Troy was playing at right wing-back, uh, was pushed forward, they brought on Matt Doherty and pushed Troy up front and he scored twice. Yeah, worked out well for him. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people saying the wheels have fallen off at Man City, but you know, they're still second in the league. Okay, they're eight points behind a Liverpool team who are, who, who've won every game this season. It, it's not really the end, is it? No, I mean, it's, they give themselves a bit to do, but, um, as we saw last season, the Cape will have winning twenty on the bounce, more or less. So but yeah. Never, uh, never, never rule them out with with the quality they've got. Um, obviously, De Bruyne missed this one. Who every game he doesn't play, Man City look worse for it, which is a simple thing to say. But he is head and shoulders their, their best uh, centre midfield player. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like Bernardo Silva's going to get a ban as well. For, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, for his, his social media yeah, or Twitter gate <laughs> so um, that limits the options further because obviously Sane is still out um, it's not all rosy really for Man City at the minute and the, the, the lack of proper investment in the summer has really uh, come back to hurt them yeah it's really I say, I say Morris has been pretty good this season didn't see much of him in this game got uh, subbed after an hour didn't yeah, he yeah I say Aguero came back into the team the only thing of note he really did was stop two attempts on goal. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember that it looked like the Jesus one might have actually gone in. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, oh well. Uh, so I'm sure they'll they'll bounce back after the international break. I so, say, but you know, Man City have lost now to Wolves and Norwich this season. Two a, a decent attacking teams. You know, is is there a blueprint to to look at there? Well, it certainly looks like it, doesn't it? Um... I say it might, it might be a different one. Stones is back, um, which not something I ever thought I'd say. I was going to say, yeah, who who would ever have said that, that those two words together? But you know, at least he's at least he is a centre half by trade, and he's not totally got a screw loose like Otamendi, so yeah. that, that might help them in some respects. Yeah. But uh, it's only going to get harder as the games start mounting up with uh, with Champions League and things. So. Can't, cannot wait to see Otamendi strutting stuff at the Emirates next season. Uh, Right on to the last 2 o'clock game Before we get on to the big game of the weekend Uh, Southampton hosted Frank Lampard's Chelsea FC Uh, Notable news here uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi with his first Premier League start Since his injury last season And the young lads continued their run run of form Tammy Abraham scoring again uh, After lobbing the goalkeeper And seeing his goal No, VAR gave this one, didn't they? Well, the the goal line technology gave it But didn't they check for the offside as well? Oh, in the will have done, yeah. Because uh, it was cleared off the line and then play seemed to stop and then there was some messing around and it was given. So, so I wasn't sure because the goal... Uh, I'm pointing to my wrist here, like you can see there. <laughs> but the goal decision system is instant, isn't it? Yes. it vibrates yeah. and then the ball goes so, so, the, so the ref definitely gave it straight away. Oh, OK, um, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. But I, I don't know if there was... A, like, off camera, there was any sort of delay while they looked at it. But mm-hmm. uh, I do remember Sky even showing the offside as a check, so... I could say on the on the on the highlights. Like I'll rewatch the highlights again to refresh my memory on it. They they, they showed the the offside at, at no, the time. So uh, whether they showed went 
too much into the actual during the live broadcast. I don't know. Uh, Mason Mount, uh, Pompey lad, uh, scored against Southampton and kind of enjoyed it. Um, Danny Ings pulled one back for, for Southampton. Probably could have had a couple more, to be fair. Uh, Southampton had, had, had a couple of chances. Uh, but attacking midfielder Angola Kante uh, scored for his second goal in a week. Uh, and then Batman came off the bench and, and scored one. Yeah. Chelsea look uh, look good all of a sudden. They're entertaining. I say they're the, they're they the, are, they apart, can't, apart from Liverpool Man City top scorers. They can't defend at all. No, no, no. But, uh, well, Kurt Zuma's in that team. Of course, they can't defend. Well, true. Um, but no, it's I quite. It's weird. Like last season, I hated watching Chelsea under Sarri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they, they were so they were painful to watch, weren't they? This season, bring it on. Quite enjoy watching Chelsea. They're. Uh, Good, good going forwards, as you say, not not brilliant at the back, but it doesn't really bother us from a, a neutral point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say I'm looking forward to playing them the week after the national break, but what does it matter? Two weeks away, I'll worry about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, uh, the lesser spotted Pulisic came off the bench, uh, and you say the fact he's not even getting in this team is is, is weird to me. You know he's he's a he's a great player. They spent fifty what fifty eight million pounds on him. Okay, this was all done before Frank Lampard took the job. Mm. But like Frank doesn't seem to like him to say. But the ball he played for for Batshuayi for that fourth goal was brilliant. Yeah, but the the problem is he's got Mount ahead of him, and Mount seems to be Lampard's go to man, and rightly so so far. He's, he's oh yeah, definitely. But he can play on the left as well. Yeah, you know, well, and well, Hudson Odoi came in after being mm-hmm. being injured. He, I think he played one one Caribou Cup game before this against Grimsby yeah, you know and, and stuff like that and you know he, he comes in and has a decent game to be fair but you'd and think you'd think Pulisic would get a, a chance but then you've got Willian who um, was excellent yeah he, he, he's been really good the last couple of weeks as well hasn't he yeah I don't know what was holding him back beforehand but now he's they're offering him a new deal aren't they now well they should I mean he's, he's kind of he, He's kind of gone under the radar because of Hazard, but for me, Willian's always been like the Mr. Dependable. He's mm-hmm. come with a lot of important goals over the years. Yeah, I say he had that thing. Was it last season? I remember talking about it. He had the uh, like he played the most minutes in the Premier League. If you took into his international experience uh, um, exploits as well, he he'd played more minutes than anyone oh. and stuff like that. He you know he had he, he was having a great run of form even under Sarri. He was their be- one of the better players then. But give me him over Pedro every day of the week. Like hmm. I, I don't like Pedro at all. But uh, Willian's just a—he just is a good player. He—he's—he's—he's he, uh, he'll do wonders for the likes of Mountain Pool such playing uh, playing with him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I—I I think uh, there's there's talk that uh, Pulisic is already looking to get out of Chelsea. <laughs> oh well, and thanks for coming. Well, that's the thing. I—I I, I don't see Lampard standing in his way either. You know, his, his squad seems to be doing all right. They'll get a decent, probably get a decent amount of money for him, and then they can invest that at the end of the, the end of the season in in bringing some more players in, in maybe defenders or something like that. But but yeah, uh, interesting that Tamori, who had a great game last weekend, got called up to the England team this week, didn't look very good in this game. Oh, yeah, he was at fault for Ings's goal, wasn't he? I'm really not sure how good he is. You know, like I didn't rate he... him at all, but he had a great. I say he had a great game last week. Yeah, but it's was, it was Brighton. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose there is that. Um, I just think I think it's too early for the England squad. To be very honest, mm-hmm. he's only played 
You can't have it any more than eight Premier League games. I'm pretty sure he hasn't played every single one this season anyway. It took him a while again. I, I don't think he played at least the first game. Maybe yeah. maybe the first two. And I don't think it's, that's enough to give him a place in the squad. Um, would he have been around when Southgate was under 21? I don't think well, he would have been because he's not that old, is he? No, but it doesn't really matter as long as he was as long as he's played in the twenty ones. That seems to be how it goes now. As long yeah. as you've been in in and around the setup in one way or another, you'll be given preference over you know players who maybe haven't. So well, if James Milner's not still in the England team. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I say Chelsea doing all right. Southampton, uh, yeah, Southampton, the team I tipped uh, to do well this season already lost five games this season. I think quite a lot of us thought Southampton would do reasonably well. I think we had them pegged as the kind of twelfth place kind of finish, which may well still happen. I mean, the, the, you know, I said the league is a bit weird at the moment, but yeah, it's just still pretty tight. But I mean, they were terrible here. They were terrible at home to Bournemouth a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're a bit bits and pieces, aren't they? They haven't yeah. got any real quality. Like Danny Ings scores shit goals and only shit goals. Like that's mm-hmm. like his thing. Um, Adams hasn't hit the ground running yet. He's didn't even play in this game. He's on the bench, I believe. No, and uh, I was laughing because they bought on like Michael Opafemi. Yeah. Then... Oh, he's been in the gym, hasn't he? Oh yeah. I know he's a and big then... lad, but Jesus Christ, he's been in the gym. <laughs> and then Adams got like five minutes at the end. I thought, what's the point to spend thirty million on a forward if you're going to bring him on? It's three-one down with five minutes to go. Like, surely he should have been on before that time. Like, unless he's injured or something, which I don't know about, but. It just seems a bit backwards to me. Yeah. This is Southampton's worst start to a season since the season they were relegated. Mm, well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I get really agitated when Southampton are on telly because they show us... They're not uh, very good. Well, yeah, but they, also, they show us Ralph Hasenhutl more than the actual football. It's because he dresses like a dad in a going through a midlife crisis, isn't it? Sometimes I expect, you know, you see a manager walking up the touchline and then they turn around to walk back to the bench. Sometimes I expect him to see him getting into a soft top Ferrari instead. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I, 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 as much as I hate to praise them, did you see the Paddy Power tweet that they put out? No. So, you know, Paddy Power have got some fucking comedy genius, does that? I'm saying this sarcastically, obviously, in yes. charge of their social media. Usually, it's all really shit stuff, uh, but they put out the, so they put out the Sky Sports pictures of Frank Lampard in his suit and Herson Hoyle in his fucking running gear or whatever <laughs> it is he fucking wears, and it was like, it was basically like this this is this is the this is the guy your mom leaves your dad for, and this is your dad <laughs> after your mom leaves him on his midlife crisis fitness regime, and something <laughs> like that. And it was it, it was actually quite funny. Like I used to Paddy Power tweets make me fucking angry, um, but this <laughs> one was actually quite funny. <laughs> right, come on then, Dave. We can't can't hide it anymore. So, Longstaff FC hosted Manchester United at the Matty and Sean Stadium, as it's probably now being renamed. Uh, yeah, Newcastle United hosting Man United in a game that Dave was hoping his wife would go into labour so he wouldn't have to watch. Uh, turned out to be quite possibly one of the best games I've seen on TV in a while. Really? I mean, I was I thought from a neutral probably wouldn't have enjoyed it that much because the, the quality was... Non-existent. It was just great to see Newcastle overrunning Man United. I know. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like mad, this was like a Newcastle team. It was like haven't had the best of times, um, but they put in such a shift. It was I say brave of Steve Bruce. I, I think you're probably going to disagree uh, to go one go back to three at the back as people like yourself have been saying for ages, um, but to give 
Matty Longstaff a debut in this game against a Man United team who you could argue are capable of turning it on at times uh, and stuff like that. Alongside his brother, you know, so they're, they're, who in himself is quite an inexperienced player despite playing quite a few Premier League games now. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Newcastle were really impressive. I was really impressed with Willems, which mm-hmm. after seeing him against Arsenal earlier on the season, I never thought I would fucking <laughs> say. Like, that, the pass to Longstaff for the goal was such a great choice because most players would have shot or laid it across the six-yard box. So for him to play the ball out to Longstaff there was great. And I thought Saint-Maximin was really impressive. I think he's like a bit like Armando Troyer where he doesn't know what he's doing half the time. But I thought he was really impressive as well. Yeah, what I like about him is that it's something we haven't really had much of in that he's a player who gets people off their seats. Mm Under Rafa, we were very pragmatic, um, and but until Almiron arrived, we weren't particularly good to watch. And then Almiron came in, and we had this extra dimension to us, which was someone who could actually travel with the ball at speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have potentially two of them now is uh, is good. It's a shame that you know Almiron's confidence must be at its absolute lowest yeah. at the moment. But... He's very hesitant, isn't he, on the ball? Yeah, it's 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 all very stereotypical player who's out of confidence yeah. kind of thing. Take yeah, extra touches and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, he so. had that chance where he played through, didn't he? And he took an extra shot rather than shooting. Uh, and yeah, he, I think he did it a couple of times, which is a shame, really. But then he was involved in the, the in the goal. He, he, you know, he played a well, great ball. Uh, yeah, I was saying this today, where um, people are always on his back because they look at the stats: oh, no goals and very few assists, and you know, bloody blah, blah. But you look at the goal we scored, and it was their corner which got knocked down by Carroll, I think, in the box, and then Almiron ran in the corner and a lesser player would just hoof that up the line and said right let's let's get on with it yeah he delayed enough until he could play a pass to um must have been San Maximin in, yeah. in, in the centre circle uh, and then obviously he turns and it's all of a sudden we're on the counter attack and that obviously leads to a goal so um the one thing you'd say about him is for all he he doesn't he hasn't scored and he he's low on confidence he never hides he's always mm-hmm. He's always, he's always available for the ball. Exactly. Yeah. He always wants to try and make something happen, which isn't very easy in our team because generally the forward will 40 yards from everybody else. So, um, you know, I've I've got a degree of sympathy with him. And I'm certainly not jumping on his back to be replaced or anything like that because I, I give me him at his current level over an Atsu or a Dwight Gale or anyone like that because, you know, they've had their time and they haven't really grasped it. Yeah. I want to um, see, see what he's like after he scores his first goal. Because I think the relief, because mm. I say, I say I've given him some shit and stuff like that. I say I'd say out of out of um, Newcastle's creative players, he he wasn't the best on 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 Sunday. Um, but I say he 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 does get into positions and stuff like that, and it does look like a confidence thing. Like sometimes I've looked at him and thought he's just his ability. He, like he's not suited to the league and whatever. But. You know, in the game yesterday, so he got into the good positions and just, yeah, he just didn't pull the trigger. And I think mm. as soon as he does, maybe, he, you know, he could be, I suppose, the kind of player who could go on a run, hopefully. Yeah, and I don't see why not. I mean, the difference from when he first came in, he was full of confidence, buzzing about the place, um, and it made us a much better team. Uh, unfortunately, since he did his hamstring about five games at the end of the season, um, we've never really seen the best one ever since. And I don't think it's an, I don't think it's a fitness thing now. I think, as you say, I think it's totally confidence. Um, he missed a penalty in pre-season as well. They're all, they're all desperate for him to get this goal, but um, it will come. It's bound to eventually. Um, 
you mentioned we went back to five at the back, which I think he had to after last week when we got properly turned over. Um, have you followed any of his, Bruce's comments in the lead-up to the game about the tactics in the team, that kind of thing? Not really, no. So he said, uh, I've deduced, he said pretty quickly, but I disagree, that um, the team, we haven't got the players to play an exp- a more expansive game. Um, so he's going to go back to how we were set up last season under Benitez. Um, and we don't have enough legs in the middle of the park, which is why Matty Longstaff played. Mm-hmm. Um, which is all well and good, but from a managerial point of view, he's kind of bucked himself into a corner now. <laughs> well, yeah, Cause, I suppose. Because he, cause he's basically said, well, these players aren't going to be able to ever do anything other than what Benitez did, so I'm going to have to do that, pretty much. Um, and all he can do is pick the team. Which, in many ways, is the best case scenario, because from our point of view, that's what works best for us. So why try and change it? Mm-hmm. What do you make of uh, Joel Linton? What you're seeing him so far? So I've liked him up until this. I think this game was it was his least effective. Mm. I think he had the one. The, I think there was the one, uh, the one opportunity where the ball came to him and he he held it up like thirty yards out on the right, but then there was nobody coming forward with him. You know, there's, okay, he's a striker. There's not much he, he can do there. But say so he got took off for Carroll, didn't he, in this game? Uh, and I thought yeah. Carroll gave you a bit of an edge. He, like he came on straight away and had an attempt. So this is my, my one gripe with most of our forward players is that there's none of them who you'd say ever look like scoring. <laughs> they do mm-hmm. a lot of good work. Um, but you just don't fancy any of them to score, whereas at least with Carroll, if you get the servers into him, you know, he'll, he'll probably score a few headers over mm-hmm. the course of a season. I don't really get that impression with Joe Linton just yet. Yeah, I like his link-up play. He's very similar to Haller at, um, at yes. West Ham. He's very yeah. good with the ball. I think if he's got the right player running off him, you, you know they could they'd probably do very very well, but when you look at your options up front, like you're not going to play Joe Linton and Carroll up front together because that that no, blame would so. no. You know, Almiron I suppose could be that player, but I've I'm yet to see him as like a number ten. Mm. If you know what I mean, running running past um, Joe Linton and stuff like that. So you know, and, and it's not going to be Dwight Gale, is it? <laughs> Well, he was back on the bench, you know. He's yeah, I saw, I saw him with a big one <laughs> during this game. I was thinking, what? What's we going on a, here? Moved a step closer to Bruce's wet dream of the, the Carol Gale strike force. To be fair, that could work, though, couldn't it? Uh, in 1999, maybe, but not, not so much now. Yeah, it's a football manager selection there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I say... I, I, I don't want to say that Man United were poor and take anything away from Newcastle because I was thoroughly impressed. Like, you... You attacked them. I, I think... I imagine Bruce's team talk before the game was, this is a team that's there to be got at. Mm-hmm. Go out and get them. And, you know, everybody watching the Premier League this season, last season, probably going back a couple of seasons now, uh, and I think somebody said it in, a, in an interview, I think Pellegrini said it the other week, uh, this isn't the Man United of old. This isn't the Man United that everyone's scared of and fearful of and stuff like that. But to the fans, a win against Man United is still a win against Man United. It still feels like a big deal, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, when it, when it isn't, like if, if fucking Watford turned over Man United in the next weekend, I know they're not playing them, but say for example, Watford played Man United next week and turned over Man United, I don't think too many people would be that surprised. But it still feels no. like a big result, if you know what I mean. Oh, completely, yeah. But um, that Man United team... Um... It's it's as poor as it's ever been. Yeah, they're getting. Like, I'm sure we've said this multiple times under different managers. They get, <laughs> but they are getting worse. Like Andreas Pereira, who the fuck does he put on a Man United shirt? Unless he's bought it from the club shop, he shouldn't <laughs> be putting one of those shirts on. He was atrocious. 
He is, but then you look at the bench and it's, it, there's nothing there. Yeah. McTominay, <laughs> who I, last season, I'm sure, pretty sure, I praised McTominay for a performance he made and stuff like that. I said, oh, it's, you know, he's going to be Fucking hell. Like, uh, are they swapping him for a different kid off the streets in Scotland each each week? Because he, he's, he's not... I don't think he's played two games where he's been the same player. I mean, he was just a whingy little bitch throughout this game. Like yeah. he was just complaining about everything. But absolutely madness. And, and, and you know, you, you've got the uh, you know you've got the Longstaff brothers who literally looked like they were playing in the park. Yeah. They, yeah. they they were so comfortable together and stuff like it was. The the interview after the game was amazing <laughs> as well with a pair of them. Even sooner, smiled at that. Yeah, he it didn't looked, smile at anything. Yeah, it, 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 it was it, it, it was great to see, and you know, hopefully it continues. But yeah, I was I was I was really impressed. I, I don't I don't want to go. Fuck me, Man United are terrible, and take anything away from Newcastle at all. Well, you can only beat what's put in front of you, mm-hmm. and we just about do. I say my my concerns are we've got five goals in eight games. It's not exactly. Uh, as prolific as Crystal Palace, isn't it? So. <laughs> I was going to say, we sat here slagging off Palace when he's great. But on the other hand, we've played eight games. We've played Liverpool, we've played Arsenal, we've played Leicester, uh, we've played Man United, we've played Tottenham. So mm-hmm. that's five uh, you know, <laughs> I say, pretty I, good teams, on yeah, paper at yeah. least, if nothing well, else. Bruce even came out at the end of this game and he said, if you'd have told me we'd have got eight points from these this run of games, I think I'd have been happy with it before the, before the season. It's honest. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, we didn't get this many points from a very similar fixture list last season under under Benitez. Um, so, in in that regard, you know, happy days. We're we're improving. Um, unfortunately, for all we've played all those tough teams, we've also drawn at home to Watford and Brighton. Nothing wrong with drawing to Watford, Dave. Well, no, there's not apparently. But... And Brighton, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, uh, certain teams in North London who would uh, snatch your hands off for a draw against Brighton at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Brighton now technically the second best team in Europe uh, yes that's, that's, how, it, that's how it works it's like when Scotland were world champions in uh, 1967 <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it works <laughs> yeah so there you go you you, mm. you drew with the second best team in Europe oh well, that's good but yeah do you see Matty Longstaff staying in the side long term uh, well I think he will for the next, next couple of games at least because Hayden is suspended for two more games mm-hmm. Um I mean, I think you've got to keep them in. Um, if it's if it keeps working, at least anyway. Obviously, no two games are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, long staff against Kante in two weeks' time. Could be interesting. <laughs> I mean, Could be. You'd interesting. want you'd want to run all over Jorginho, but uh, Kante won't won't let him get anywhere near it. I wouldn't have thought so. Um, a very different game, mm-hmm. I would yeah. think. I so, say, uh, hopefully. Uh, the Longstaff doesn't turn into the Marcus Rashford of the Newcastle United team, who basically, when he started playing, we spoke about it a few times. He, you know, he he had that that youthful scamper about him, and sort of, and now he's just the most arrogant prick I've ever seen on a football pitch. Like this happened last season as well, and again, Man United fans seem to have had enough of him. He he was he was poor in this game as well, wasn't he? And, and like even the pundits now, so the pundits have, for ages have been like, "Oh, Marcus Rashford playing through the middle, he'll be down to all Man United's problems." At the weekend, they were like, "This guy ain't getting you twenty goals a season." <laughs> no, he, just, he doesn't look interested. No, which is an odd he, thing to say, but like, yeah. he's, he's not making any runs. Like he, he's like he's not being coached. Considering his manager it was a pretty good striker in his day, like mm. it's. Uh... I think it's because he's playing with players who were terrible. And well, you, you see yeah. this sort of thing on, on like playgrounds and on five-a-side pitches and whatever. You put a good player in a bad team, if that bad team isn't performing, they're just like, well, I ain't fucking bothering. Yeah. 
Mm. No matter what I do, then like, oh shit. And I think Pereira was like that. Like, the, the, you know, Pereira looked like he was just like, well, fucking hell. Because he's supposed to be pretty good. Didn't look it. He, huh. he, he didn't look interested in, in any way. They brought on a fucking, ch- is it Chong? Is his surname Chong? Oh, yes. The Chong, young lad who's yeah. supposed to be pretty yeah, highly rated yeah. came on, did fuck all. You know, okay, he only came on for like the last few minutes and whatever, but you know, you young player, go and make an impact and stuff like that. Yeah, terrible. Abs- absolutely terrible. Yeah. Ugh. Even David De Gea is like, everything is going wrong. You've just signed yeah. a new contract, mate. Well done. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, Man United, two points off the relegation zone. I can't believe people are actually talking like they could get relegated this season. I mean, it's obviously very, very unlikely, but uh... well, I imagine it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I think, I think I would host the last podcast of the season from outside Old Trafford on a sun lounger <laughs> if they got fucking relegated. It'd be amazing. It'd be brilliant. But well, that's yeah, your story, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, say, uh, so back to Newcastle. Then we've we've done enough talking about Man United. Um, is it bad that the international break has happened now? After this result, uh, yeah, you know, I think when you've won, you always want to play straight away, don't you? Mm-hmm. But uh, on the other hand, I'm in no rush to play Chelsea, so they've just won four-one. So it might not be the worst thing that they have a couple of weeks to cool off and let their players jet off around the world and then come back, and hopefully they'll be a bit uh, a bit rusty. But and how the, many how many weeks respite does this buy Steve Bruce? Uh, oh, he'll be there for for the foreseeable unfortunately um, I, I mean fair, fair play to him you know he, he picked the right team the right formation and we got a great result um, it reminds us a little bit of McLaren when he was here he was, he lost 5-1 to Crystal Palace he then beat Liverpool 2-1 2-0 sorry at home um, and that bought him fundamentally about four months worth of time before he got sacked in March I think it was so um, it seems very similar to that to be honest but um who knows? This might be the turning point. Well, here's hoping. Right, that is all of the games covered. So that's all from us. Unless there's anything else you want to cover, sir? Uh, no, I imagine I'll be away for maybe three or four weeks now. So uh, good luck with Ali and his 100% record with Liverpool. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, because you'll be welcoming the birth of, what is it, Alan, Alan Bobby Bruce Black? Yeah, Sean, Sean Matthew Longstaff. Sure, uh, Black. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So please pimp your socials before you go then, sir. Uh, oh, you can find me on Twitter at CM9798 and the website is cm9798.co.uk. Excellent. You can find us at Man on the Post on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those social things. LinkedIn, uh, you know, is MySpace still a thing? Uh, I imagine <laughs> it is. We've, still, we've got a social page there that isn't being updated by Chris shots fired uh, yeah international break next weekend so not sure if there'll be a show or anything we could just come on and laugh at Spurs and Man United a bit longer uh, I'll see how I feel uh, you know obviously the excitement from the England Czech Republic game on Friday might be too much for me uh, and that is it then that's everything covered so goodbye from us goodbye from Dave goodbye and always remember to keep your man on the post <laughs> <laughs>